Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Wearing the Giants jersey for me today. So good. It's not easy, or it's not hard to wear, really. A couple of World Series in the last couple of years, so... You probably feel like a winner today, putting that on. So good. We have our eldership up here today. This is, uh, if you grew up in church, old school, the elders used to sit up here. And we had, like, guys that, they would, like, cross their leg. So, like, their, like, butts would be pointing out. And then they would just rub their, it's really weird. Anyways, welcome to eldership. Yes, it's very good. It's very exciting. Um... This is our studio audience. Week 15. You know what that means? I don't know. We're the, the number 15 represents, can we be done with this season and move on? That's what that means in the Greek. It means no more quarantine. Amen. You can't say the right thing in this season. It's a very polarizing season. Um, If you don't give enough honor to COVID, people think you don't take it serious. 99% of us, though, will not die from this disease. And so there's a very realness to the fact that there's a lot of fear. Wherever you find yourself this morning, on whatever side, I think it's good to have an opinion. I think it's good to seek truth and be able to make a case I don't think everyone ought to just abandon half of their beliefs and values and just meet in the middle. No, I believe fight for what you believe in. Um, but don't let the media divide us. Don't, they, they, their job is to find something and make it dramatic, even if it isn't. So if I, if I talk against the media or I talk against social media this morning, it doesn't mean don't go on and continue your business and social media or even post something. I mean, just take a break from the scrolling <laughs> just, just take a break from that and make sure you're plugged into real community and real relationships and real convert. The conversations taking place on social media often are not real conversations. And it's so easy to post something as if you did something. If you posted something and you think you just brought awareness to something, maybe, but probably very little compared to actually doing something. And so whatever passion you have, wherever you find yourself, go fight for that in real conversations, in real community, and where it really matters, your neighbors, the people around you, where you're at. And so anyways, we're coming through week 15, and I want to get to the Word of God this morning because I know it is, it is not the same as being in the room if you're at home, but um, it is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day. We love you, dads. We love you, and um, come on. The dad bod is the new cool thing, okay? Skinny is, no, yeah. My wife said, please, do not get too skinny, and I said, okay. I can, I can do that. That's why they're called love handles, amen? Because they're, they're love. She wants something to hold on to. We're going to take a break from talking about Ruth. It's, it's, it's Father's Day, and I, I couldn't talk about Ruth as much as I love Ruth. We'll get back to Ruth next week. Let's go to David. The men need a word 
from one of the most manliest of men, David. The problem, though, with David is he was also a musician. He was also a creative. He was also a dancer. He was a dancer. He could dance. He could play music. He'd, he was emotional. But yet he could also kill you. So he breaks all stereotypes of the protein, creatine dude. Where's the gym? And then the creative person, excuse me, I'm going to go frolic with the butterflies. Like he breaks all stereotypes. And I think that's what God wants to do this morning in men is break the stereotype of whatever you're living up to. And it's time to act like a man. I want to talk about that this morning. Act like a man. That's the, that's the title to the act like a man. We're going to look to David in this little story here to, to see what this means. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. Some of you know this. This is, this is Ziklag. This is a famous story in the, in the life of David. Now, it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag. They were off fighting. On the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, they attacked it and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. So this is where they were encamped. And they had been raided as they were off to war. And those who were there from small to great, they were carried away, and none of them were killed, though. Verse 3, so David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Just put yourself into this situation. It is bad. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices, and they wept until they had no more power to weep. If you've ever been in this type of a situation where you have cried and you have wept and you have, there's no more tears. There's, there's, there's no more power to even weep. This is, this is dark. And David's two wives, Ahinoam and the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, and the Carmelite, who had been taken captive. So David had two wives. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. This is getting bad to worse. Because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Now, he was distressed, but he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And he brought the ephod to David. Verse 8, so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall overtake them and without fail recover. So David took 600 men. Act like a man. Act like a man. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for church. We thank you. Lord, that there's nothing like your word. Wherever we find ourselves this morning, God, we need your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Even this morning as we gather around the word of God, we open up our heart, we open up our soul, we open up, God, even our body can be impacted by the nourishment 
and the reality and the power of the word. God, though we don't highlight every issue this morning, we lay them at your feet, known and unknown, and we say, God, we need you. Lord, we need you. Lord, we need you. And we lift you up above everything else this morning. Not that everything else doesn't matter, but Lord, we pause. We pause this morning and we look to you. Lord, we look to you as the author and the finisher. Lord, we look to you as sovereign and supreme. Lord, we offer our lives, our families, our past, our present, our future. Lord, to you, God. We just want you to have your way. And God, we ask you to speak your word this morning, leaving us never the same again. One word can shift our entire lives. One word can break something we've been fighting for years. One word, Lord, one word can heal a disease that has, that has robbed us for years. Lord, one word, one word, one word, one word. Send your word this morning, and God, we receive it. We're available. We're available this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I, uh, when I was a younger Christian, I honestly, and you've heard me say this, but I really believed that when someone said, you know, I had a bad day, it was sort of like, oh, have you read your Bible today? You probably missed your prayer time today. And if someone said they had a bad week, and if someone said they had a bad month, I'd be like, do you know Jesus? Like, do you listen to any you know, sermons? Do you? It was a high level of judgment because that's what we all do when we're young, when we haven't experienced life. Now, I'm not saying we ought to walk around telling everybody that life is hard. It's not a bowl of cherries and get over it. It's hard. Life is hard. No, but we, we, we tend to judge. When me and Carrie were first married, we looked at people that had kids, and we were like, please parent your kids. Like, we just, you just judge what you don't know. And now I repent daily. I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry. But you, you do that. You just, people start churches, and you haven't started one. You're like, That's, why would they do it that way? And why, are they, why aren't they parenting their kids? And why aren't they saving more money? And why are they in debt? Then your car explodes, and something happens, and you're like, oh, get the credit card. You don't, you, you, you just judge. Well, I, I, I had never up until 2009 had an entire year that was difficult. If you've ever had an entire year or really multiple years that stack up to be like, wow, I thought a season was supposed to be three months, Lord. Like, man, we sing the song season. You know, I'm like, this has been a long winter, like a winter out of Game of Thrones. Not that I watch that show because it's bad. I don't watch TV. I read my Bible, amen? But, but, I mean, this is like a winter out of all winters. And so I'm in this season, and, and it's just, just, just bad. Loss after loss after loss after loss. Where when bad things happen, you know it's bad when you just have to laugh. But you're not really laughing. You're just, you don't know how to react anymore. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know how to react anymore. You just, you laugh at dark things. Your soul becomes dark. Well, it had gotten into Christmas time, and so we were gathering as a family, and I have a friend in Australia. He would call from time to time. And he said he wanted to call and check in. And, again, most of the time we would just talk. He'd razz me about being an American. I'd razz him about being an Australian. And, you know, and uh, I would win that debate as usually. And, uh, no. But we just kind of razz each other, have a good laugh. And, um, but there was something different in my, in my, I don't know. I don't know. It was just different. It was just like, I need to, make, I need to, I need to take this phone call. And, and Carrie kept asking me, hey, did, did Corey call yet? Did you, did you? And I was always like, why, why is there something around this phone call? It doesn't make any sense. 
I got the phone call, and again, it was all personal. It, we were just talking about personal stuff, and again, he was razzing me about Americans. We have the World Series, and why was it the World Series when it was only in America? And it was ha, 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 ha. And then I would, you know, knock him for eating Vegemite or whatever it was, and we'd just have a night, and then that was it. But after the phone call, something was different again. I don't know if it was my spirit, my soul, my mind, my heart, my faith. But some seeds had been planted, and what I didn't realize that I had just encountered a word from God. I, Carrie comes up the stairs. Again, she never cared about if I talked to Corey from Australia. How was the phone call? It was like, what is going on? We found ourselves getting in the car, and all of a sudden, we had never discussed moving to Australia, ever. I'd actually told my parents and Carrie's parents, we are never moving. This is our city. We are never moving. And all of a sudden, one, well, I didn't even know what it was, but all of a sudden, the word from God had been planted in my heart, and I had started to all of a sudden go, Why are, what are we talking about? We're talking about moving to Australia. No one had asked us to move. Corey hadn't even brought it up. But the phone call represented this moment with God about receiving a word from God. And all I can say is this. Every time I receive a word from God, it, looks, it can look different. It can be peace. It can be from scripture. It could be a prophecy. It could be a sense. It could, it could it, all different kinds of ways you can receive a word from God. But let me tell you, when you receive a word from God, a word from God shifts everything. Everything in that moment shifted. I, I, I had never, I want to visit Australia. I love the country. I love Hillsong. But never in my life would I have thought I'm going to sell everything and we're going to move our two little boys to the other side of the planet and do youth ministry again. I had retired from youth ministry. I was not going to sell everything. I was not going to go through the long process of getting a visa. And then, and then all of that was not in my mind, not even remotely at all, until one phone call and within a 15-minute period of time, my whole world had shifted because of a word from God. It's amazing when you start to lose everything that when you have nothing else, you need a word. You need a word. It's almost like God just strips everything away to prepare you for, for being so in a posture of God. If you don't speak to me, I can't even live. If you don't speak, if you don't give me a word, and this is where David finds himself. This wasn't just Ziklag. This wasn't just this one story. This was years of David running for his life from Saul. David on the run in the wilderness. David running for his life in the contradiction of being anointed king as a young man, but not being able to possess the kingdom. Being called, being anointed for something that has not yet been realized. That takes a lot of faith. It's complicated. The very man trying to kill him was Saul. He was married to his daughter. So if you think you have a dysfunctional family, welcome to the life of David. He is married to the king's daughter who's trying to kill him. He is anointed to take his job. But he won't kill him to take his job because he knows that that's God's job. It's complicated to know what your job is and what God's job is. And he is all wrapped up in this chaotic, dysfunctional family. His own army is saying to kill him. What do you do when everyone in your life is telling you what God is saying, but you know in your heart what God has spoken to you? I mean, this is 
David, season after season, he even teamed up with the Philistines. He even teamed up with his own army amidst this season of years. Saul's killing priests. David has no weapon. He ends up finding Goliath's sword that he used years before, obviously, to kill Goliath. And he took his sword, stashed it in the house of the priest, and found it. I mean, he's, he's eating showbread, which is holy bread. And, I mean, they're just on the run. Crazy season that ends up with the cherry on top in Ziklag where the enemy sweeps up from behind, doesn't see it coming, and takes everything he has, burns the city. And it says that David is distressed. Now, if David is distressed, you know it's a level of stress that, that, that is unique because David, I mean, this is David, right? He's the poster child of, of the Cinderella story. Can you imagine being David of David and Goliath? Hi, I'm, I'm David. David and Goliath. I mean, the ultimate, like, against the odds story of David and Goliath. I mean, if you're David, you're used to being, you got nothing. You, you, your whole life has been uphill. Do you feel like your life has been just always uphill? Like nothing ever comes easy? You're just always in it, you're blue collar, you gotta duct tape everything, you gotta lie on every resume, you gotta spin everything to get into the door because you've got no last name that helps you, you've got no trust fund. I mean, this is David. There's, there's nothing came easy for David. But David is used to a fight. I mean, David is so good at dealing with stress, he can show up when an entire army is scared for their lives and he takes on Goliath. So David knows how to handle stress. He knows how to handle war. He knows how to handle fear. He knows how to fa handle family situations. He knows how to do it. But, but why is David so distressed in this moment? I think it's because the one thing that he had going for him was taken. See, all of us kind of have that one thing that when we go through situations we rely on to kind of get through. Or there is one thing. I know you don't like a lot of things about yourself. Not you, but I'm saying most people that aren't as good looking as you. And so we, we compare ourselves to people and we beat ourselves up sometimes. But there is still something that you like about you. There, there is something that you're like, I'm pretty good at that. Or at least you pride yourself in it. So though, though everybody else does it a certain way, the reason you're late to everything is because you're the safest driver you know. Like You justify even your own dysfunction by some sort of set of values. Like, there's something that you do like about you. You're like, meh. And you fought with your husband over something for 20 or 30 years. But if you were to be honest with you, you'd be like, I'm not going to change that because that's a value. That's a God-given thing that he placed inside of me that when I get to heaven, he's going to be like, good job. There's something. I think David's thing, even though everything was against him, was people. He was a man of the people. His brothers didn't believe in him. His dad didn't believe in him. The army didn't believe in him. Saul didn't believe in him. No one believed in him. But the moment David took down Goliath, he became a hero of the people. I mean, he was a, I mean, the, the women would come out and dance for him. And they would sing for him. David was a rock star. He was such a good musician that he was famous in the area that when the king had a demon, they're like, we heard about this kid who's so, could you imagine your reputation being so big in old school Bethlehem? without social media, without record labels, that the king had heard about a kid that was so good at his musicianship and his music and his worship and his talent that the king's servants had found out about it? 
That's how big his reputation. He says that when he would go out to battle, he, he was the only one that would leave in the front gate. He went out amongst the people. How you doing? I'm going to go, go to war. Nobody would do that. VIP, you go in the back, you come and you go up in the top. David would go in amongst the people and out amongst the people. The people were his thing. So when David lost everything, he had the people. But it was at this moment the people turned against him. And when you lose the one thing that works for you, or the one thing you have, when you lay at night and you think, man, it's a tough season, but I still have, I still have. It was at this moment that David had lost the one thing that he had always cherished and valued, that, man, the people, I serve the people, and the people love me, and the people are thankful. Now the people are saying, we need to kill him. This is the level of David's loss, is he loses everything, and he loses the one thing that he so values, because he's anointed to lead people. So he's anointed for this. And so when you lose the thing that you're even anointed to do, it throws you in a whoo. So David is at a level of stress he's probably never experienced, because the very people that he serves and loves is saying, we need to kill him. We need to kill David. So one thing was taken from him. And so David's at a point where he says, man, I need a word from God. I need a word from God. I need a word from God. I need God to speak to me. Not, not like I need God. I'm going to go have a little quiet time. Like, you know, sometimes we're like, you know, babe, I'm just going to go get my prayer on and get my, my word on. And I'm going to go. No, this, this isn't like a cute little, I'm going to go see God and inquire of God. This, this, is, this is, I have, I have, I have. Nothing else I can do. I, I, ha, I, have, I have no one and I have nothing. I, I don't, this isn't like I'm going to go see what happens. This is I'm going to go get a word from God. I, I just sense that this morning as we talk about prayer, that God wants to show you something through the life of David that that, that prayer for you is about to change because it isn't like I'm going to go, you know, just kind of feel some presence. No, 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 no. I, it, this is to the level of 100% I'm going before the living God and he is going to speak to me. It's a faith that says I'm going and this is going to happen because the God that I know and the God that I serve is a God who speaks and a God who loves me and a God who's anointed me and the same God that found me in the pasture and the same God that helped me take down Goliath is the same God that has got to speak. See, when you get a faith that says, God, I can't be cute anymore. I need, can I dare to almost manipulate you even though God cannot be manipulated? So it's a faith that tiptoes right up to the edge of saying, God, you have to speak to me. God, you have to lead me. God, and it's a prayer that almost dares to tell God what to do. This is what makes David so radical. Because it, it, it tiptoes right up to manipulation. Where people go, David, you don't do that. You go and seek the Lord. And if he wants to speak to you, he will. You go and you listen. But David... David had a faith that said, God is my strength. God is a very present help in time of, a very present help. It's a faith that goes beyond, well, it's going to work out. 
No, it, it goes beyond, it's gonna, God's going to be good. No, it's, I got that, but I need God good right now. <laughs> I need God right now. This is the type of faith that God's bringing you into a season. He's bringing your prayer life into a season where your decisions are going to be rooted in the very voice of God. Not some kind of, well, let me just flip over to a verse and go, hmm, that might be God. I'm talking about where God's word shows up and slaps you upside the head and sends you to Australia. God slaps you upside the head and gives you faith for something that you never had faith before. And you know that you know that you know you just got a word from God, not just a sign or a squirrel or a fortune cookie or even someone else's voice over your life. I'm talking about the very voice of God to you. Yes. A word. Someone say word. word. A word. A word. A word. A word from God. And this is what you need. Why? So glad you asked. I need a word and you need a word because the people that you're called to lead and love are difficult to lead and love. See, they wanted to kill him. Why? Because they wanted to die themselves. They lost their kids. They lost everything. And when you lose, I'll say it in the way that we talk now. Hurt people hurt people. See, it's one thing to take a little class and go to a small group and go, well, babe, they're just projecting on you. That, 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 people are haters. People are going to talk bad because they don't like themselves. See, it's one thing to get that advice psychologically and go, you know, Andrew, the reason you're struggling in that relationship with your father is because he himself went through a season of insecurity, but he's your dad. So, so it, it, the, the psychology breaks down when you're trying to understand something, share, they're just projecting on you. Yeah, but she looks beautiful. She drives a Mercedes. She, why would she hate on me? Well, because she hates herself. <laughs> See, that, that type of level of Christianity is not going to be enough if you are a David. And if you're a David, you are called to not just give out antidotes. You are called to lead and to love and to serve your family and not just tell them what to do, but help lead them out of where they find themselves. And it's, it's not cute. It isn't a, hey, guys, you know, I know you lost everything. Here's a good scripture. Here's a, here's a meme. Here's a thought. Here's an idea. No, if you're a David, you're called to get a word from God amongst people projecting, amongst people virtue signaling, amongst people who have opinions. You're not meant to just tell them the obvious place that they find themselves into. David was called to help deliver them. He was a picture of Christ. And Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to lay down his life and save the world. So when God puts in an anointing on your life to be a David. He calls you to get a word to lead people that don't like themselves, that are insecure, that are full of fear, that are full of hate. And yet there has to be a David that stands in the middle of the contradiction to say, I'm going to bring you out. And if you're going to deliver people that are coming against you, you have got to get a word. You have to have a word. You have to have a word. You have to have a word or else the dysfunction will recycle. Without a word, David couldn't forgive his father. Without a word, he couldn't forgive his brothers. Without a word, he couldn't, in a few chapters, lead the same people. Could you imagine 
at your darkest hour, if your team, your family, your crew, your quarantine, your quarantine crew, your people were trying to kill you, you go get a word from God and say, all right, hey, put the stones down that were meant for you. Pick up your swords and let's go get our stuff. I mean, you want to talk about, what, what about the 15 stages of forgiveness, Dave, that you need to go through? He, he got a word. He got a word. He got a word. God's calling us to lead. The only way these men could go from fighting him to following him was because of a word. They went from trying to kill him to following him. How did David get this word? You've heard it preached, right? David strengthened himself in the Lord. Have you ever heard how that happened? What did that look like? This intrigues me. We talk so much about, and David strengthened himself in the Lord. When no one's around, preachers will reference this. Hey, you don't need anybody. David strengthened himself in the Lord. What does that mean? Have you ever strengthened yourself in the Lord? What does that look like? I'm very interested in what that looked like. Because David's in his tent, distressed. He can hear the voices of his best friends picking up stones to kill him. So he's distressed one moment. I'm talking about practical here. The Bible says he is my very present help. Present help right now. 11-0. Right now. Right now. Right now. So at a moment in time, David was distressed. And then he strengthened himself in the Lord. And I'm simply just asking, what does that look like? Like if that was you, what would that look like? <laughs> then you have no more power to weep, it says. So he's, he's dry and crying dry tears. Then what did he do? Did he? I'm awesome. Did he find a mirror and go, you, you, you're a good boy. You killed Goliath. You, did, he, did he talk? Like, what did that look like? Practically speaking, have you ever strengthened yourself in the Lord? Well, Isaac, it looked like prayer. No. The prayer came after. He went from distressed to some sort of thing called strengthening yourself in the Lord. And then it says, after he strengthened himself in the Lord, then he sent for the ephod and inquired of the Lord. So strengthen yourself in the Lord is not prayer. He did something, then prayed. And I'm wondering if we are missing something and that's why we're not praying. I'm wondering if we think prayer is something that's supposed to happen in our lives to help strengthen us. When David said he strengthened himself, himself, that wasn't God's job. He strengthened himself in the Lord. So there was his part and then God's part. It's sort of like I can do all things through Christ. The, the do and the through are not the same thing. I can do, so there's something I got to do, and yet my do is all about the through. But there's something that has to happen in order for something to happen. So this word, this Hebrew word strengthen is called chazik. Chazik. 
And what it means is that somehow David went from crying, and it says that this is what he did. This word chazik means to, to gather yourself, to, to prepare yourself, to, to repair, to build, to hold fast. Now, it might have looked like something on the outside because David was very physical, so he probably wasn't laying down, even though it could happen inside. But knowing David, it probably happened on the outside. So he probably, if you're about to chazik, you, you, you physically strengthen yourself. You, phys- you mentally, emotionally prepare yourself. And even though you're strengthening yourself, that's not where your strength comes from. Chazik is an act of faith. It's saying, this is not going to strengthen me. It isn't a pep talk. I'm awesome. Everything's going to be okay. 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 It's all going to be fine. God's good. The Lord loves you. I'm going to heaven. That's not Chazik. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with heaven. It has to do with right now. I'm going to Chazik. I'm going to prepare because God is going to speak to me. Chazik is, it's an act of faith, knowing that the strength doesn't come from me. I'm simply posturing and preparing. I'm simply acting as if God is going to speak. Not maybe, not sort of, not I hope. No, 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 no. Hope has given birth to faith. When you chazik, you say, God, if you tarry for three days, I'm not moving. If you don't speak for seven days, I'm not moving. But you are going to speak. When you chazik, you strengthen and prepare for the word of God to come to your mind, heart, soul, and strength. And you're not moving until God invades your chazik. Until God's strength The Bible says I go from strength to strength. I go from Chazik to his strength. I go from a posture of faith until God invades my situation. That is what David did. He Chaziked in his tent in the middle of people talking about him. He hadn't yet prayed. He hasn't started to pray. He's just Chaziking. He's just... Wiping off his face. I'm going in. I'm going in. I'm going in. God's going to speak. He's going to fill me. Because I got no strength left. Chazik is like your last. You gather up all of your strength as you're about to pass out. And you're like, I'm going down with this. This is it. This is it. And then his strength, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And so God shows up and gives him his strength. God shows up and gives him his thoughts. God shows up and gives him his presence. And so he strengthened himself in the Lord. It's like I'm a wet plastic bag. This is the Chazik metaphor. I'm a container, but I can't really be filled. So Chazakin is forming that little plastic bag into a, a glass. It, it, it's not what you need to do because you need to get filled. But, but the reason you, you get all that wet paper bag up is to say, okay, I need the water. I'm not the water. 
the chasm is not the strength. It's not, it, I, but I'm, 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 I'm not going anywhere, come hell or high water, if the stones start coming through the tent, I'm, if, 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 if I fall over, I'm going down with this. I'm, I'm, the glass, and then God fills it. And I'm just wondering if we can learn to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, that will lead to a prayer life that will change your life. And you'll start to hear God in a way you've never heard him. You'll start to receive the word of God like you've never received before. I'm going to get God. I need power. I need strength. It's an act of faith. Because really what we need is we need strength. We're all in search of motivation. We're all in search of power. We're all in search of some sort of energy that would cause. Have you ever been in a fight with someone? I know you haven't been in a fight with someone you love. What happens in that moment? You lose strength. You do not want to love them. Me and Carrie have had two fights in our entire life, and I remember them. But when we're having a fight, I lose the power to love her. <laughs> I, I lo- in that moment, when someone's talking about me, I lose the power to forgive them. When I'm witnessing and I'm evangelizing, my head come to church, and they're like, I hate church. <sighs> Hurts. When you get hurt, hurt is, is symbolic or it means you've lost the power to do the word of God. And so when God shows up, he is simply empowering you or strengthening you in order to walk out in the original word of God or the original seed or the original purpose. That's the idea. It's not that you've forgotten that moment. It's not that you forgot you love her. It's just that at that moment, you've lost the strength to walk according to the word of God. So you have to leave without slamming the door or saying something you really regret and ruining that relationship for a while. So you remove it. What happens is you regain your senses. You regain strength to go back and say, hey, let's finish this conversation. Or, hey, I'm sorry. I want to reconnect. I want to love. The reason we always have to reconnect or re organize or have a revival or have a renewal or have a re-restoration. It's because we lose the strength that, 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 we, that we give away in times of hurt or times of distress. So life is constantly taking and God is the only source that is constantly giving you strength. That's why when the church was birthed, the Holy Spirit came down and said, you, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. You'll receive power. You'll receive strength. I believe that your prayer life is about to turn into a place where you say by faith, I'm going to strengthen myself right here, right now, because I know that my strength will be exchanged for his strength. And when his strength shows up, it's what I really need in order to deliver people and love people and forgive people and lead people. I need the power of God in order to walk out. It's not my strength that allows me to be holy or 
to serve God or to worship. It's not me. It's all him. But, but chasic and strengthening yourself is simply posturing yourself in faith to say, God, I'm here. Would you exchange your strength for my strength, your power, your mindset, your future, your presence for anything I have right now? I'm at the end and I need you and I need you so much. I'm not going anywhere until you show up and give me your word. Give me your word. Give me your word in this season. And then God speaks to David. And he says, rise up. Go get everything that's yours. Pursue. And David has a word. And that word allows him to simply serve and lead the people that hated him. That were in division about him. And he leads them into battle. And what's amazing, what's amazing about this season in his life is that when David strengthened himself on the Lord, I'll close with this, it doesn't write it as if it was something he did. So it's not as if he's just sitting here, gets a text message, oh, bad news, I better go Chazik. It doesn't write it as something he did. It's actually an observation. The prayer was something he did. We often talk that way. Hey, I'm going to go pray. I'm going to go to church. Go in a small group. Hey, babe, I know you're probably going to watch TV. I'm going to go read. You know what I mean? Just kidding. I'm going I'm to go. I'm going to go do something. When he strengthened himself, it was who he was. It was an automatic response. He strengthened himself in the Lord. Why? Because you have to figure this out before your Ziklag. Or Ziklag will take you out. And you've had some situations that have taken you out. Why? Because you were so distressed you didn't know what to do. And so what happened was you were taken out emotionally, spiritually. David had figured out how to strengthen himself way before Ziklag. So what meant was meant to take him out. Do you realize that this is the last thing that happens before he is anointed king in Hebron? That this very moment that his ziklag is taking place, the Amalekites are attacking, Saul is off fighting the Philistines and dies. And so they call for David right after this into Hebron and he is anointed king of Judah. This is the last thing that takes place. The thing that was meant to take you out was the last, your darkest moment was right before David walked in and took the throne and was king for what he was anointed for. Why? Because he learned to strengthen himself in the pasture when times were good. Don't wait for times to be bad to learn to strengthen yourself in the Lord. You do it now. So when your ziklag comes, what was meant to destroy you, God can use it to put you, put you on the throne and put you into blessing and bring you in to your destiny. He strengthened himself in the Lord. Let's stand this morning. Let's close this morning with that God is going to speak to you. He wants to speak to you in this season. But it's not cute anymore. It's not, I'm going to go have a little prayer time. It's God, I'm going to learn to pray with such faith 
that says, I'm going to hear your voice. I need a word, a word that shifts my life, a word that changes everything. In this season, uh, prayer is no longer going to be some sort of cute, nice thing that you check off a box. It's God. I honestly don't need my whole entire life like David to be lost in order to see that you are the only thing I really need. Whether you're on the mountain or the valley, faith would say, God, whether I have no car or I drive a nice car, really I have nothing without your word. Your word's the lamp, not money, not status, not not anything that I could ever achieve or want. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Your word became flesh. Your word is Jesus. Your word was in the beginning. Your word tabernacled amongst us. Your word is bread. It's nourishment. It's life. I need a word. I need your word to invade my soul, my spirit, my body. My body needs the word of God. The only hope is not a workout. It's not more kale. All of that is good. But my future, my family, my soul, my spirit, my finances need a word. I come before you strengthening myself saying, God, you're going to show up. You're going to speak. I want you. I need you. You're going to. God, please give me a faith that puts a demand on the anointing to say, God, would you show up and be more real in my life right now? I need a word. 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 I'm going to inquire from you. Oh God, would you invade? Would you invade? There was such a faith on David that God had to answer him. David could dance. David could repent. David could strengthen. If there was anything about David, it never pointed to anything who he was or what he did. It was his faith. It was his faith. And this is why I believe the Bible says this. Because if there was any other reason, we would look at David and say, David, you are manipulating God. You dance to show off. You play music because you're insecure. You took on Goliath to prove something. I believe this is why God says, I just want everybody to know, I'm going to put this king, this shepherd boy in the Bible who's imperfect and who almost looks like he's manipulating God. And God says, I just want you to know that this, this kid has a heart after my heart. So what looks like stuff you shouldn't do, but God, David called you a rock. You don't do that. David did stuff you don't do. But David figured out this relationship with God was, was real. And for a lot of us, we live on the sovereignty of God. God, if you want to do it. And David said, I want it. I want it. God's speaking right now. God's speaking right now. God's speaking right now. Let his word come to you right now. Right now. Right now. Strengthen yourself. Just, just practice it. Just try it. 
Just try it. Just try it. Say, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. I want to walk with you. I want to know your presence. I don't want it to be a struggle. God, I want it to be more real than ever before. And in this season, whatever you've lost or wherever you're going, it's time to strengthen yourself and prepare yourself to say, God, I want you to speak to me. I want you to speak to me. Oh, I want you to show me. I have nothing except your word. Except your word. I need your word right now. I need your word right now. Would you show up? Would you speak to me? Would you break the chains? Would you heal me right now? Right now. God, I want you to heal me. Can you pray prayers that are so real and so honest to say, God, I want you to bless me. God, I want that job. God, restore that relationship. God, heal me. God, take away that would you do this, God? Would you deliver me, God? Start to pray prayers to a big God, a loving God, a giving God, a real God. This is God. I'm willing to pray big prayers. It's not about me. Would you break the fear? Would you allow me to sleep? Would you fill me? Send your angels. God, I need friends. I need a family. going to get more radical I got to close but here's what's going to happen hear me hear me hear me hear me it's going to feel so selfish but when you lose everything you know what's funny I prayed my boldest prayers when I had nothing in 2009 when we lost everything you get over yourself and you don't pray nice little prayers Lord help my my stocks go up a little bit today, if that's okay to ask. Because all of the voices in your head about what you should pray for and what you shouldn't pray for go out the window when you have nothing and your friends are talking about killing you. That's what forged the life of David's prayer life. Was God, give me a million dollars. And you don't care what that sounds like to people. God, heal my body. 
You don't care. You, all of the thoughts in your head go out the window and you say, God, it's not about me anyways. It's about you. But I'm going to start to pray. I'm going to start to ask. I'm going to start to believe. I'm telling you, a praying church prays according to the will of God. And the will of God is that he wants to bless. He wants to love. He wants to save. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. He wants to show up. He wants to speak. He wants to save. He wants to heal. He wants to release his glory amongst the people of the earth. He wants to send his power. He wants to sin, but he needs a church to ask, to knock, to seek, to believe, to pray, to say, God, I'm willing to be a vessel of your glory, of your blessing, of your power, of your grace, of your mercy. God, I want your word to shift. is not talking yourself into obeying the word of God. If right now you are addicted to pornography and all you can do is God's not asking you to strengthen yourself and go, no. No, he's saying, ask, ask. If you're tired of being in debt, ask. If you're tired of being sick, ask. God's plan isn't always in 10 years after you have proven yourself to eat healthy, then I will heal. All of that's a part of the plan and the principles of God. But you need to understand when you lose everything, you start to pray prayers. I remember I knew I had the call of God to preach, but I was always stressed out talking to people because I didn't know what to say. God, help me know what to say. And you know what he gave me? He gave me questions. It's the easiest way to talk to people. But it wasn't a program, even though I love programs. It wasn't a 12-step program, even though I love that. When you encounter the Word of God, you literally shift. Well, we're going to Australia. You shift. Well, we're starting a church. You shift. Well, let's have some babies. You shift. And only the Word of God can give you the strength that you need in order to deliver, lead, and love the people that God has called you to lead and love because at times don't want to kill you. And giving them a scripture about their condition is not going to be enough. God's raising up David's to get a word and deliver those people. 
Just because you know what they deal with doesn't give you the power to help them be delivered from what you know they have. I got a lot of friends, I know exactly what their problem is. They don't know Jesus. They don't go to church. But telling people, this is what the church says. Oh, you haven't been to church in a while. All your problems are because you haven't gone to church. We have to stop doing that and get a word and step into their situation and deliver them from the valley of the shadow of death. That's what God's calling us. Start praying big prayers. There's no rules. You're going to deal with all of this theological chaos that's in your life this week. Can I pray for that? Ask. 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 The Holy Spirit will reveal. The Holy Spirit will touch you. He'll give you the power. I don't have the power. God will give you the power. He'll give you the power. It's amazing to me. There's times to work through reconciliation. Personally, if I was David, I would need to have three months of reconciliation with my mighty men who wanted to kill me. Excuse me, bro, before we go and get our stuff back, because God told me we should. Really, bro? Really? You were going to stone me? See, there's times that God's going to give you a word and you step into this situation and because there's so much power that comes from God's word, you just forgive them and say, let's go get our stuff back. God's word is so powerful. You often can, can skip steps or skip conversations or what do you do if the person you need to forgive is dead? It's, it's kind of what I'm getting at. You need to have that conversation with the person has gone. God's word is so powerful, come in and heal without having something taking place. Strengthen yourself in the Lord and just see if you don't want to inquire of God because you know he's about to show up and give you his word that shifts and changes Are you tired of living gray, unclear, what to do? Strengthen yourself in the Lord and go get a word. God's about to blow you away with what he speaks. God's about to become more real than ever before. Church, we love you. Share this message. Send it to somebody. Go get a word from God. I'm telling you, his word is going to rock your world, and you're going to walk around like a Jesus freak and a cuckoo bird. But you know what? It doesn't even matter when the word of God ruins you because you have something far better than the praises of men or things of this world or whatever it is. And then you realize how good God is, and you just know that he's going to take care of you anyways. We love you so much. Praying for you. We're believing for July 5th get things going again. Stay tuned this week. Some big announcements coming, but we're coming to you shortly. We'll be all together soon. We love you so much.